Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, we're going to have some board game banter where we talk about some uh, games we've been playing. We're going to have some news. And Ryan, what's the topic, please? I believe this is one of our uh, original ideas. Or was this a t- I can't remember now. I think, I think it's a, a hy- hybrid fusion now. It's probably a hybrid fusion. Um, but we're going to be talking about our favorite or our top entry level games those games that get people into the hobby cardboard conjecture is proudly sponsored by amazing stories comics on 8th street in saskatoon they're the winner of the joe schuster award for best comic book store in canada and they were also nominated in 2016 for the u.s eisner spirit of comics retailer award presented at comic-con Amazing Stories, amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going to go into some board game banter. And Ryan, why don't you start us off with uh, what you've been playing? Because you showed me this game and, and yeah, let's talk about it. You, and you've got some thoughts. I have some, I've, got th- I've got thoughts on it, I too. Some, I have some thoughts. Yeah. So uh, a little game that I've been playing lately has been Brew, uh, published by Pandasaurus Games here in 2021, with a designer credited to Steve Torres with artists Jake Morrison and Andrew Thompson. And I have to highlight the art on Brew because it's very cute and whimsical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's one of the things that will draw people into this game is the art style and especially that cute little dog-like woodland creature right on the front box it's definitely gonna uh, pull people in yeah uh so yeah brew uh, i kind of attribute it and i like the way you put it is that we're kind of like druid like yeah. people uh going out into the forests foraging some ingredients making friends with the woodland creatures to brew some potions and like, you know, screw over the other players that are at the table because that <laughs> seems to be a thing that I, I didn't think was as big of a thing, but my latest plays of it, yeah, it, it gets quite mean at, at times. So yeah, in Brew, you're going to be, it's a dice worker placement game at its heart mm-hmm. and you got your your set of dice and also every player has these elemental dice and that's kind of like, the big part of the game is wielding the elements because um, there's a central market board that each of the element dice kind of do something different. And there's a daytime side and a nighttime side to the board and they have different effects. But really what they do is something special when they get placed into these forest cards, the forest cards are up at the top of the board. And yeah, there's like the fire elemental dice, which allows you to cover up another person's uh, dice that's already been placed on on the forest card. And that's important because there's a little bit of an area control element on those forest cards because they're worth points if you have the majority on them at the end of the round. Um, Then there's the water elemental dice and water just gets you more resources and the wind elemental dice, which blows back one of your previous placed dice back into your pool so that you can use it again on a, on another turn, which could be big. If you feel like you don't have any area control going on, you can just take your dice back and go put it somewhere else. And then there's the potions. And this is the big (laughs) thing of the game because potions have, ingredient costs usually from two to all the way up to seven yeah and the two pot the two ingredient potions not so many worth not so many points effect kind of eh but then there's big ingredient potions for the big points and the big effects and the big effects usually is 
manipulating all the dice that have already been placed out there. So yeah. like uh, taking away somebody's previously placed dice, just taking it away for the round or swapping dice placements or covering up other places or stuff, uh, burning places for people to put their, their dice down. So yeah. those potion cards, <laughs> holy Toledo, do they affect the game and you have to be in what we, what we had in our game and my games after that, you have to pay attention to what oh. people are, uh, <laughs> are buying because that's going to change the order of operations that you use in future rounds. Because if I know that Norm can swap my dice or take away my oh, dice, yeah. like it's huge swings. You have to be looking in everybody's pantry, what potions they're handling, because you need it. You have to have a comeback, right? Yeah. 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 And so <laughs> that's a big element of the game. And then the other big element of the game are all the woodland creatures that you can tame and bring into your, because all the <laughs> woodland right. creatures have um, abilities on them, essentially, where it's, if I place a dice in this type of forest, I get extra resources or I get to burn a mm -hmm. space or um, if I collect this type of resource, I get some points. And then there's combos that you can kind of synergistically um, manipulate with those woodland creatures. And then if you get so many, I think standard, it's you can only yeah. have three of them. One particular character allows you to have four. Yeah. Um, but once you've collected more than three, you have to release a creature into a forest, but you would have had to have already claimed that particular forest in order to release them into it. Oh my goodness, so many things going on in this game. Yeah. And for a tight little package, like I say, it's a small box game that packs a lot of punch and a lot of value for what you can, because I, I keep saying this in, in Canada, we we usually pay a more of a premium on our games up here, but this one only cost me like, <laughs> this one only cost me like $30. Which is, oh yeah, the price point's awesome. It, it, it's amazing. Now, I made some comments earlier where I think, yeah, that's a right around the bit. I wouldn't want to play anymore because this game, now that I've played it probably about six or seven times, mm -hmm. every game is starting to kind of feel the same. Uh -huh. Even though the woodland creature combinations that you're going to collect are going to be quite a bit different every game. Mm-hmm but you're still doing the same things over and over. You're going out, you're trying to get the majorities in those it's forests. following the same program lines. Yeah, you, you got, it's kind of, you have yeah. to have the same recipe yeah. every single time in order to be successful in the game. Mm -hmm. And you have to be mean to one another. <laughs> like you have to be mean and you have to be paying yeah. attention to those things. So I think I've gotten what I want out of it. Unfortunately, it's not getting to like, like 10 plus plays for yeah. me, it's going to probably stay on my shelf for a while, like for $30. Why mm -hmm. not? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. For, for me, it's starting just to kind of be repeatable every now and then. So, uh, but that's not to say I have enjoyed my games. Yeah. I've enjoyed my games of it. Your thoughts. Or did um, I hit on them? I think I, I, think I, think I hit them all. Like to me, it's go, go into this game knowing that those potions are, if you're not paying attention, those potions are like stepping into an uppercut. Because yeah. <laughs> it could completely take your whole game off, right? Yeah. I'm going to um, put my dice here. I'm going to flip over this potion card and now yeah. that dice is gone. I'm going to burn this territory and be the only one. Oh, you, you swapped me out. I hate you. Oh, I wish I would have known you had that card. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, that was my first play as well. And knowing what I know now, um, that would be the first priority is, is, you know, what, what nitrous oxide kits are you buying? Because I need to not step into a haymaker. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that and being this, said, that, that whole th idea of like bashing somebody else doesn't interest me unless that is the game, like, uh, like, uh, unmatched, right? That's the game going, going, beat the crap out of each other. But yeah. this one with the area control, I was trying to get all Euro on it. And then you just started beating me up with these potions. I'm like, 
oh, that's the importance about these ga- resource gatherings. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. I've said this about another game, and I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was Root, where it's like it's the game that looks cute and oh. family friendly. Yeah. And then you actually play it, and it's a it's a knife fight in a foam booth. <laughs> it's like having a pillow fight with bricks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, so if anything I have mentioned here interests you, yeah. um, $30 price point in oh. Canada, <clears throat> yeah, definitely check out brew. It's, it's got a lot of good things going on for it. It, but for me, it's starting to overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, I, uh, I was so happy the mailman made my day on Friday and, uh, I got Cascadia. Uh, designed by Randy Flynn, um, art by Beth Sobel, because you got to say it, this here, you know what, look, <laughs> I can show you. This game is gorgeous. Uh, uh, this has been on my read. I I can't <laughs> believe I didn't back this on Kickstarter. Um, I can't believe it. Hat tip to Flat Out Games and uh, AEG. They are absolutely knocking it out. Um, uh, Flat Out Games, Calico right mm-hmm. uh, i've talked about and and uh and uh praised calico for its for its um smooth abstract puzzle this game has the same dna as as uh calico in the concepts that you're you're placing hex tiles um calico was patterns and colors this is animals and habitats and uh What's really cool is that they add the element, I'm, gonna, I'm kind of calling it the tiny towns element, where you have these cards in different categories, bears, elk, uh, salmon, there's five categories. And within those categories, there's different scoring patterns for those animals in that habitat. And uh, um, how it works is it's a tile drafting uh, game where you, each player has their own little tableau where you start. And the market is, from a solo perspective, but uh, the market is four tiles. And above each tile is uh, in the bag, you randomly take out a, uh, um, a little t- um, indicator. Right now, it's just like a little wooden, wooden puck, eh? And um, it has the color and the image of the animal. And it's these random pairings of habitats and um, uh, animals where you have to decide what grouping you're going to select to start your uh, habitat development, I guess, and your um, speciation. And uh, uh, wow, this, I've, <laughs> I played this game, I already started that little campaign in the back, I think eight times already. Wow. And if it had more cards, I'd have sleeved them by now. <laughs> so that says something. <laughs> Um, yeah, wow, the strong words. Yeah, here, you bust out the word sleeves, right? See, like the, uh, and I think what's, I mean, what to me is uh, such a beautiful part of this game is the artwork is is awesome. Like uh, I think in my tweet I said it's Audubon Society level art. So, yay, um, well done, Beth Sobel. So, have you played either Calico? Still I haven't mean, played Calico. <sighs> And I, I know I'm kicking I'm kicking myself because <laughs> I see it on the shelf every time I go into um, Amazing Stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see it there, and I don't know why I don't because you you talk so highly of it. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's definitely a game that Jen would yeah. really enjoy. Well, I mean, this I'll looks look- like another one of those oh. games. You and it's don't be afraid to get both of them. <laughs> don't don't be afraid. Oh, right. At all. Um, uh, I need more C games <laughs> in my collection. <laughs> Um, because, uh, this has, it takes, it's like how, um, uh, Rosenberg had the, the, the patchwork thing, right? So, and then he'd take the patchwork idea and put it into another kind of elevated a little bit. I think that DNA from Calico is being, um, um, added and, and, and kind of flourishing in different themes and, and more concepts. So yeah, I'm very happy that I picked this one up. Absolutely. Yeah, I need. Yeah, bring it. You need. You need to bring this one lunch hour to yeah. work. Can it be played in a lunch hour? Absolutely. Uh, let me yeah. see here quickly. What was the time frame? It's uh, uh, thirty to forty-five minutes. Oh, that's a lunch hour. 
Absolutely. That's a lunch hour game. And you know what? I, if I, without, without confirming this conjecture, I believe uh, uh, Calico is the same time frame as well. Sold. We've got, we've got like a, we've got like a Wednesday, Thursday thing going on here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Well, uh, why don't you lead us into uh, the next segment? Sir, so we're going to do the... Yeah, we got some news going on. And uh, it's, fu- it's funny, I forgot to put my show notes in. And so when I went to go put them in, I saw that Norm had put some notes in. And one of the things that I was going to talk about, he actually already put mind. in. Well, and it's the it's the Jogo do Ano, uh, the Spiel of Portugal 2021 nominees have been released, and this is always one that I always pay attention to because the Jogo do Ano is typically a little bit of a heavier mm-hmm. weight game than say like the Kenner Spiel de Jares or even the Spiel de Jares. So let's run down the nominees here. Okay, before you start. Oh. I'm looking at the list and I'm kicking myself because I still haven't played last year's winner, which was Barrage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. So, so wait, maybe before we even announce the nominees, that let's show a, them a how- couple a couple years in yeah. the running here. Yeah. So 2020, Norm mentioned Barrage was the winner. In 2019 was Root. Yeah. In 2018, Lisboa. 2017, Great Western Trail. 2016 Mombasa and yeah. of course I'll mention 2015 because it's, it's a favorite amongst us La Granja yeah was also a winner so you can see I, I love all of these games that have yeah. won in the past and so here are this year's nominees Dune Imperium Praga Kaput Regni <laughs> I love that name Viscounts of the West Kingdom on Mars Imperial Struggle now, there's two games that I have not played on this list. I have not played Imperial Struggle, heard good things about it, and I have not played Viscounts of the West Kingdom. Also have heard, yeah. actually, that one I've heard a mixed bag uh, about. Yeah. But See, of the others, Dune Imperium, yeah. fantastic game. Yeah. Praga Kaput Regni, fantastic game. On Mars, I wish I could play On Mars more. <laughs> It's a great game. It's a bear to teach. Cool. My rundown of this list is Dune Imperium. I agree. That's such an awesome game. My only concern with this is, um, is this a heavy enough game to be punching at the same weight as these other ones? That's my only concern. But well, let's I, on. I would put Dune Imperium on the same okay. level as maybe like a Great Western Trail. Okay. Uh, Praga could put Regni. I have it on my shelf. I haven't played that one yet. Oh, it's on the shelf of shame. Uh, it's on the shelf of shame. Uh, Viscounts. I haven't played it yet. I have the other two in the series, um, so but I haven't gotten to this one yet. On Mars, I wish I could play it. I love me some Vital. And uh, Imperial Struggle, I have it. I haven't played it yet because that's a, a history game that Al and I are going to play because, mm. you know, being history teachers and all. Um, the, right. and, you know, it just gives me another reason to play board games so oh gosh now the one the ones the three that i have played Mm -hmm. i can see merits for all three of those winning this winning this uh type of one award i'll go out and i'll probably say i'll probably say on mars okay fantastic game it's very it's i think on mars is the heaviest game Mm-hmm. on all of that on all of that list um but 
a, a, a Vitell Lacerda game has won it in the past. Lisboa oh, yeah. did. Yeah. But okay, well, my, my, now I'm talking myself out of that because <laughs> On Mars is quite a bit heavier than I'm Lisboa. Thinking Praga. Praga Caput Regni is a very good candidate for this. Now, now it's it's not super heavy, but it's got yeah. a lot of moving pieces to it. I, yeah, I haven't played it yet, so I'm, I'm a little out of my realm. Here. Actually, Praga Caput Regni could be a really, really good. I'm just going on really the good. designer. Oh, yeah. Vladimir Suki yeah. is a great, fantastic, uh, a favorite of yeah. Garbor Conjectures. And this would be such a good uh, uh, push for their new publishing company, too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Oh. So, okay, let's put it in conjecture. <laughs> I think we're going both. Are, are, would you agree with Praga? I'm going to go with Praga. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Praga Caput Regni. We hope you win the Jogo do Ano. The Spiel Portugal 2021. And, and if they do win, I'm going to have to play this game and uh, and we'll talk about it. Well, you should just play it anyways. Uh, you, need, you need to do some research for maybe an upcoming topic. I'll leave, I'll leave it in mystery now yeah, what that topic see, is. See, we're teachers. We have to we have to have like objectives and indicators. And it's like, you know, no, I can't just play it and enjoy it. No way, man. No, no, we're doing research here. <laughs> We got to suck the fun out of everything. We have to quantify and qualify everything. Well, now you're talking, now you're talking my words. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, for like some, if we want to talk some numbers, let's go into some crowdfunding fun here. And I picked, I pulled a couple out of there. And the one of, are you a big Awakened Realms fan? Oh, baby, am I? <laughs> well, why don't you talk about this one if you want? Uh, are probably, you talking? Are you talking about ISS yeah. Vanguard? Yeah. AKA, uh, so Jason from Dyson Dragons and I have talked about this one in the past. Um, <laughs> literally, this is Star Trek, the board game without any Star Trek IP <laughs> associated with it. Really? And I'll just oh. let you know, I am an all-in backer. Okay. So that means one. I'll have a chance to play it. Cool. Like, I mean, I even got all of the cosmetic upgrades, <laughs> the fancy dice towers, the fancy dice, the, the, the fancy sun dropping wash that they put on the miniatures. Was like, there I, any guilt when you, when you kept clicking and clicking? 100% not. <laughs> this thing looks absolutely amazing. You're meant to have it. Yeah. So uh, I don't know a, I don't know a terrible ton. I haven't done the research all into all of the gameplay, but essentially you're going out and you're exploring worlds and you're having encounters yeah. with um, alien beings. And um, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's a bit of a story element that's happening with it too. It's a, it's a campaign type. I of love game. my space stuff. Yeah. It got me like the, I think the mini or the cover, just that whole, yeah, just that whole cinema like oh yeah like you're the, the shot you're the team, that box the covers team there, awesome looking over the ridge and there's yeah. these gigantic spaces yeah uh, like spaceships and an exploding planet or moon in the background because that's oh. that's not threatening at all this this thing when this whenever this does arrive i have no idea when mm. this one is probably going to take up most of my time <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? I'll, gonna, help, I'll help you out with that if you need it. I'll help you out with that. Oh, I think this has got Norm written all over it, too. Like oh, yeah, yeah. We would, have, we would have an absolute blast oh, yeah. playing this game. And I'll try not to have a Scottish accent. Because I can't. <laughs> uh, I just always end up just talking like a leprechaun. <laughs> Oh, let's not offend. Let's not offend most of the British Isles. So let's not offend the leprechauns. <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh okay <laughs> this one i you know what uh this one i heard a couple people talking about it i had a peek and mythic mischief by iv studios a game of tactical traps and high stake hijinks lure opponents with the vampires or toss them with the trolls no matter which of the seven asymmetric factions you choose use your abilities to manipulate everything on the board to place your enemies in the path of the dreaded tomb keeper um crazy i have never even heard of this game doesn't that sound cool this it's, does have lots of really neat things going on with it 
like I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at this the shot of the components and there's a lot of uh, th that whole asymmetric board where you have little cubes that denote uh, probably tracks that you're trying to increase and decrease. Uh, there's maps. Yeah, this is this is kind of cool. It's got I, lots of, of lots of things at the top of the page. Early takes are in. Like we got some big names here. Oh yeah, Jeremy Howard, Man vs. Meeple says it's damn good. Yeah, if he's got he, if he's got his stamp of approval, it's got my attention right now. Well, there's uh, some praise of, uh, so there's some praise here. Uh, best game of 2020, Di uh, Mark Street from the Dice Tower. Uh, mm -hmm. Top three game, best components, uh, Daredevil winner. Wow, those are some pretty good accolades. Hmm. And the minis look so cool. These are very cute looking minis. Yeah, they're cartoon-esque. I would yeah. totally paint those up. And nice. I, I love it how they're not chibi. They're not, yeah. they're not, they're not chibi that with the massive heads. They yeah. actually look proportional to the mm -hmm. bodies. <laughs> not that, I mean, it, that, that's not that that would make or break me buying a game, but I, I appreciate it. Cool. So Mythic Mischief. I've not... Like I was saying, I've not heard of anything from Ivy Studios before. Um, I would have to go into the archives. I have no idea. Oh, it's got a solo mode there. Ah, I know. That oh, was... and part of the solo mode design team was David Turksey, <gasps> one of our favorites. Ooh, look at that. Data mining. Nick, Nick Shaw, Nick Shaw, and David. I've heard Nick Shaw's name before, too. Nick Shaw. I have well, heard Turksey, that. Yeah, that. I mean, he's kind of synonymous with the Atoma um company too right for coming up with a solo play, functional and legitimate solo play mm -hmm, mm -hmm. methodology he's like the soul he's like almost like the solo jedi master yeah there's a yeah the morton individual from uh, atoma company is yeah. he he's the one i think that that was the one individual that did uh, viticulture when they first had that idea of the atoma deck yes yes so cool cool so that is uh, one more time, Mythic Mischief by IV Studios. It looks like such a cool, looks good. Thing. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna put a remind me on this one. Me too. Me too. All right. Well, that uh, unless you have anything to add, I think that's the, uh, that's the end of the news. The news. Hi. If you like the content we're creating and the podcast episodes we're producing, please leave a happy rating on the podcast platform that you use. This would be such a great gift and would also help others find our podcast when they search for board game podcasts. And if you have the time, check out our new YouTube channel where we have new content every few days. Just search Bridge City Board Gamers on YouTube. Thanks, eh? And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going to do some topic, and this uh, this one is entry-level games. So, Ryan, why don't you lead us into the what What does that mean, entry-level games? What are we talking about? So I think we've talked about it in the past, too. Um, sometimes there's some general terms that get tossed around in the board game world that AP. usually we, usually <laughs> that we aren't a huge fan of, like, I hate saying theme. Like when we go back to our theme episode, oh. I like talking about immersion. Even one more lower than that, Ameritrash. That's one of your favorites. Oh, I, oh like God. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Talk to that all day long to me. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so we went with top entry level games because I'm not a big fan of using the word um, gateway no. or being a gatekeeper yeah. or anything yeah. like that. Um, if you like my advice, um, that's good on you, but I'm never going to force my opinion yeah. onto somebody and say that. But we thought entry-level games, you even took it a step further too. You were saying welcoming yeah. games. I think I've seen that term thrown around a lot more. So we're talking about games that are probably better to try to get those people that are not immersed into the hobby like we are. Like we're, we're, we're ultra nerds <laughs> into this thing. Yeah, yeah. As like we're we, having a like podcast, we, 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 we didn't just walk, we just didn't walk into the shallow end and just keep. Yeah, no, we dived heavy into the deep end. Cannonball. So yeah, yeah we're going to talk about our entry level games and yeah, let's see where it goes from there. I know we approached 
what we have on our list a little bit, I think a little bit differently. Yeah. I'm not quite 100% sure. So I went with, I've got games on my list and I, I tried to stay away from the ones that always get recommended. Yeah. And the, and that's because you'll see them. If you look up gateway games or entry level games or welcoming games, you're going to see games like Ticket to Ride on. Yeah, there. well, you're going to see Catan yeah. on there. And, and that being said, uh, I did uh, I did some fast research to try and find a big sample group to uh, cover that spread. And uh, yeah, you hit a couple big ones: Ticket to Ride, Cargasson, uh, King of Tokyo, because everybody knows how to play Yahtzee, right? Yeah. Um, here, you pull us some more off that list. Okay, yeah. So you mentioned this is the the People Choice yeah, list from, from the Dice Tower archives of the... 2019 is is what I got. Okay, yeah. From. yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, you said Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne, King of Tokyo, Pandemic, Splendor. Hey, so my votes <laughs> for Splendor. Love it. You're never going to hear that from Norm. No, no. Catan, Codenames, Azul, Dominion. Seven Wonders were the 10 games that these yeah. people. So now for my list, I tried to go with gate uh, entry level games that are a little bit more recent. So I went about, I went looking about five years ago, mm-hmm. about 2016. I went 2016 yeah. up till now. And I try to find some games that are, are a little bit more recent to get people in. And that's not taking away from any of these other games. They no, are no. mainstays and they are part of that list for a reason. They're yeah. fantastic games. Well, my reason right. for putting that list down was to give us the ability to put our own our own kind of uh, 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 flair to it. So um, thank you so much for the People's Choice people for covering a breadth of, and I agree with all of those. Those are all fantastic games for new players. Um yeah. My approach too was kind of like yours, but not so much the dates, but but mostly for what was familiar to me that has worked for me in the past. So yeah, and we've kept our our lists uh, uh, private from each other. So why don't you give me one off your list, man? Sure. So let's go with this one's like probably the newest game on my list. Cool. So it, it's a 2020 release. And I can see this one working once I'm gaming, once we get that regular Friday night, amazing stories game night out again, like this will be one that I'll probably bring more often than not. Um, And it's a, um, oh, now I don't even have it up here. I don't have it up from ready. Uh, Renature by, I believe it's a, it's a Kiesling and Kramer. Yeah. A a design released here by uh, Capstone games. And if you like lots of people have played dominoes mm-hmm. and it's, it's essentially the dominoes mechanic, but with cute woodland creatures on the dominoes yeah. and a very sneaky area control <laughs> type of game where it's just like, Hey, you're just trying to surround the areas, put your trees in there and trees got different levels. And if you've got more presence in a little clearing, then you get to claim the points. And that's the game. You keep going until um, the bag of domino tiles is um, exhausted. And then you just count up whoever collected the most points. Very cool. Very simple to play. I, I would agree that I think most games on these lists and the ones that we've come up with, we always use that term cognitive load. Yeah. Like the cognitive load of these games is very, very low. Like you don't have to remember a lot of things. Mm-hmm, that's good. Going that's good. going from going from game to game, and that that's what makes a really good entry level type of game. It doesn't have a lot of don't don't have a lot of rules. Yeah, you're not caught very, in the weeds with the rules. Yeah, and they're yeah. they're very quick to pick up. They're very quick to teach. Um, hopefully, hopefully, very quick to set up. <laughs> yeah, cool. So yeah, I I, I highly recommend Renature. Um, I went out on a limb a while ago and said that that should be the like the game of the year. That should have been like a Spiel des Jahres Ooh. worthy game, and it wasn't even nominated. But don't sleep on that one. It's fantastic. Right on, right on. Um, looking at that list, uh, Pandemic is on that list, and I'm thinking if you don't want to play Pandemic, which is a cooperative game, um, I highly suggest that you pick up Horrified. 
by uh, Prospero Hall Design Group. And I think this is a uh, Ravensburger. And I mean, look at the cover. It is the Universal Studios classic monsters, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's Bride, The Mummy, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. So for me, the first thing that uh, helps this be an entry-level game is everyone's familiar with the theme. Everyone knows these monsters. And the idea is uh, this small town is being invaded by the monsters and each person represents a asymmetric character that has to um, uh, go through. Each monster has basically this, this way of defeating it that is unique. And it's, everything is on the cards. Everything is easily uh, understandable. And it's an action, action point selection uh, per player. You have four, like Pandemic, you have four actions. You can move, you can pick up, you can do this, right? There's a, a menu. And um, yeah, this game is so much fun. It's solo plays, but I mean, you know, this is, you're, you're presenting these to groups. So um, maybe there could be some quarterbacking uh, um, uh uh, problems, but if you're presenting this to a group, I'm sure that you would, as a, as a teacher, you would facilitate and also instruct the proper social etiquette when it comes to to gaming while you're introducing this game. So, yeah, horrified. I think this is a, a great entry level title. Cool, and and especially it's a good title if real pandemic is affecting you in any way. <laughs> you don't want to be deep. You want to be playing pandemic yeah. the game. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, the, yeah. You don't want it to be this war of mine where it just turns into a depressing co-op. <laughs> uh, yeah, give us another one off your list. Okay, well, you brought up a co-op, so I'm going to bring up a Yay. co-op and uh, a really great game that I've introduced to kids at our games club that we went, when we used to have games club in our in our um, school. Way back um, when, but I had a ton of students just groveling at the point and they always get disappointed when this game was taken before they got there and i'm talking a 2017 release called five minute dungeon oh yeah <laughs> and such a simple concept right. of a game and yeah it's the game of simultaneous play like you can't quarterback in this game because you have no time <laughs> to quarterback in this game you've got five minutes to reach the big bad at the end of the dungeon deck yeah. and uh, defeat him. And essentially what you're going to do is you'll flip over a dungeon card. It's got some symbols on it, like arrows or swords or shields or something. And those symbols correspond to cards that you have in your hand. And so if a card says, hey, I need two shields and a sword, collectively you need to throw down those cards into the middle of the table in order to defeat Yeah that obstacle at that time and of course you don't have time to communicate people are just throwing <laughs> cards if you've overpaid for the card oh well that's too bad flip over the next card yeah. keep going it's frenetic people have such an awesome time with this and if you don't want to do like the fantasy thing like the um uh with the with the dungeons and the ogres and blah blah, blah they have actually a marvel themed version of this so if superheroes mm -hmm. is more of your thing you can pick up five minute marvel yeah absolutely cool fantastic game I, I i love it i love it to bits we play it with with uh our family and we we, we actually start off with there's no time limit we just see like we're, we're teaching regan how to play the game and so putting a time limit on a on a six-year-old is kind of like <laughs> he's still like he's still in la la land thinking of what what's going on over there <laughs> you just like described my playing there we go <laughs> so yeah five minute dungeon so cool it fits this list very simple to play and it gets people hooked like it's addicting i'm gonna segue off of your card idea and I'm going to uh, um, suggest uh, as an entry-level game because uh, it it's one of these games where up to seven people can play, I believe. And uh, the, like you said, the cognitive load on the on the rules is very straightforward, and uh, it's still one of my favorites. Uh, and it's probably the uh, the the go-to trading game, and that is Bonanza. 
Bonanza by oh, Uwe Rosenberg. Top, a top 20 game on yeah. my list. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about this is, I mean, everybody understands how to trade. I mean, you've traded stuff w with your, you know, as a kid growing up in your, in your house with your, with your brothers and sisters, you trade lunches at, at school. We know how to trade. But the cool thing about this game is once you get your hand, it's, it's kind of like uh, the cards come in and you can't organize them. That is, I like to refer to this as your, your seed bank. So your seed bank is in your hand and you can only deal with what's coming, uh, um, uh, the uncovered card. So you can see what's coming down your, your let's say, your trade organized, uh, uh, organized kind of uh, trade ideas in your hand. But when it's your turn, you have to play uh, into your field. You have to do certain mechanisms, but you can't do everything unless you trade because that is the most important part because the, the bigger fields you get, the more money you get. And it's all about making money off of harvesting your fields. Pardon me. So yeah, um, Bonanza is, and it's, I think bone is bean in German. I think that's why it's spelled that way. But, uh, and the art, I mean, it, it, it's not that the art is dated, the colors are a little dated, but it's hilarious. It's sort of like Mad Magazine of beans, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah, Bonanza. And its price point is super, uh, super reasonable. I'd say like, oh, it's about uh, $28 Canadian, which is a buck 50 American. So, you know. <laughs> I was about to say your... lots, of, lots of entry level games are card-based games too familiar with cards yeah. people are familiar with card games um, are you segueing to another card game uh uh no <laughs> oh that was perfect <laughs> no i'm not it like it's written in your i know it, it was it was it was right in for me <laughs> um uh next one on my list is a 2019 release and i don't know why it it doesn't get talked about a lot it's starting to get a little buzz because uh, a kick it just um expansion just backed on kickstarter not too long ago and people are starting to receive it nowadays. Um, but Fantastic Factories. Oh, yeah. Is a, I, I think fits the bill of a good entry level, uh, very low That's cognitive, low one. type game. And yeah, and it, it introduces people to the concept of kind of like engine building. Like, and, and the engines aren't huge. Like um, you're purchasing cards. You only got a couple of different types of resources. You got the electricity and your steel. And you're purchasing cards, and these cards are going to do certain effects. And you have a some dice that you're going to roll, and you're going to try to associate the values on those dice onto these machines or buildings or factories or something like that, like that to try to generate some more resources to eventually generate some points. And yeah, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's a very quick uh, game uh, game time. So. I highly recommend Fantastic Factories. It's one of those games that I kind of, well, what was my, I, at one point in time, I had like my, my linear progression of engine building type games where I kind of like went uh, Fantastic Factories and then mm -hmm. I went Gizmos and then yeah. I went Wingspan and then I went Terraforming Mars type. It was, it was something like that. Yeah. It's kind of like, hey, here's an introduction to... Right here in Saskatoon. Mars. Using <laughs> industry leading technology, breakout Mars. escapes, escape uh, rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer, new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at breakoutsask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. Turn structure, right? Like Ticket to Ride has a very straightforward turn structure. You do one of three things. This game is is that idea of you pick up three cards you pick one you put the other two on the bottom and it's one of my favorite racing games ever and it's flam rouge mm. yeah uh and it's and it's uh I, you can see here the box is i got it loaded i got all the expansions and and um but it's it's a 
each person has a bike team of a uh, uh, two, uh, I'm not going to use the terms, but uh, two uh, cyclists. One is the cyclist that is uh, going to um, steadily, uh, you know, bike into the wind. And then there's a sprinter that will basically tail him just until the last part of the race. And then, and then kind of swing out uh, from trying to do as much drafting as you can. The mechanism structure of this, the idea of drafting is well uh, um, uh, served in this game from, uh, you know, mechanically speaking. And uh, like I said, on your turn, you pull three cards out of your out of your cyclist deck, which has numbers that range of how much movement on the track. You pick one, you put the other two underneath, and you wait for everybody. And in order of operations, you basically proceed the cyclists down the board. And at the end of it, you determine the drafting rule and try to tight up the group. And uh, whoever's in the front has to take um, uh, fatigue cards because you're you're the one in the front pushing the wind. So that that idea of being in front all the time isn't what you want in this game. You want to be in the back of the pack or you, you know, take your turns. But to try and be, you know, it's a race game. I want to be in the front all the time. By the end of the race, you're going to have just fatigue cards. And they're, I think fatigue cards are movement of two, right? It's the minimum yeah. movement. So yeah, this, I've, I've never had a bad experience in this game. Everybody Right by basically by the first hand when it's done, everybody goes, "Got it. Let's yeah. let's race." Right. Perfect. So, yeah, I've got one that Blah, piggybacks on this one very well because it's also a racing game. Hey, it's right also on. very simple in nature, and it's also card driven. Oh, which is Downforce, Ooh. released in 2017. Restoration Games brought back some. Uh, I can't remember what the original. Mm. Uh, game was called but yeah downforce is that and and i've used this at some of our staff retreats too when we did when we had breakout sessions and yep. i tried to say that it was a relaxing time but other people <laughs> were starting to get like like i wanted to have a good time with it but people <laughs> chose to be mean i'm not i'm not however you, you want to play you this be, game you could be cutthroat in that game you can hey, you can play this game however you want so yeah oh, downforce yeah. <laughs> uh general gist of it there's different colored cards uh cars and you're going to bid for one at the beginning of the game and that's going to be your car of course you're going to get some bonus payout if your car actually finishes like say in like the, the top 3 mm -hmm. of the race and everything but it's all about betting on what car is actually going to win the race at certain points of the game. And all the cards in your hand don't just move your car. They move all the other cars potentially. And so you yeah. kind of, the players dictate who's going to go into what spots at any time. And it's just fun. And you can play multiple rounds of it, multiple games of there's it a in of, a session. There's a lot of maps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Flam Rouge, Downforce, great, two great racing games. Well, on my last one here, um, I'm I'm gonna say I was gonna do this, but I'm doing that. Now the idea I was gonna pick this certain game, and I thought, no, no, no. If you're trying to, you know, entry-level game, you want more people to play. So I was originally gonna say um show boo. But cool. shows a two-player abstract, fantastic. But no, no, no. If I'm teaching somebody, I want to teach more than two. So we talked about this one. I'm going to teach them how to play Calico. And as I had kind of mentioned before talking about Cascadia, Calico is you're building a blanket in front of you. You have your own tableau. You have three scoring tiles out of a set of, you know, potentially different ones. And they range from have two of the same color uh, and two of the same pattern or one of the same color and three of the same pattern, those kind of scoring combinations around these scoring tiles. And there are two variables um, that this game relies upon. And one is color and the other one is pattern. And what happens is you have six different colors, six different patterns. When you lay out the scoring types, there are different cats in category A, B, and C that will tell you if for three points you have to build you know this pattern or these colors in the in the b category right so 
each the variability is fantastic because i mean you're a math guy you can do the uh, permutation on how many different ways can this scoring pattern get set up right um <laughs> and it's the same market structure as uh as uh, cascadia where you have but there's but there's only tiles you have tiles come out in the market you take one you replace it the other person's turn and you just keep going as you're building this and wow this is one of those games where you go oh yeah yeah i understand that's easy to do and then you look at your choices and you go has it been 10 minutes is it still my turn oh this is <laughs> such a difficult decision right so oh, that that's painstaking for me <laughs> I, i'm mr ap at the best yeah. of times oh yeah this and, and you know me I, i'm like hey pull push that button pull that lever and just you know put that foot on the gas pedal and hang on right so um yeah there's there's you can either <laughs> cripple your mind trying to decide what the most optimum uh, you know choice is or you can just go have yeah. fun yeah so yeah i gotta yeah i'm i gotta bring you this game you 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 and jen have to try this one out you'll, you'll totally dig it yeah cool. uh, i i have to play that one Okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to piggyback. I can't talk tonight. Holy you don't Toledo. Have water. You need some water. I need that water. I need a beer is what I, I need. some water. <laughs> um, so I'm going to piggyback off that idea. And I had mentioned this one in our episode of our five game collection. And Sagrada is oh, yeah. one of my favorite go-to. Hey, uh, people are coming over for a game night and they don't, play games uh and i and i attribute it to sudoku with colored dice where yeah. essentially you're just going to be placing dice onto a patterned window you get to choose the pattern at the beginning of the game and some spots are reserved for certain types of dice like a number or a color but essentially you have to follow the rule of no two colors can be beside each other no two same numbers mm -hmm. can be beside each other and you're trying to fulfill certain um, public objectives where it's like, hey, you'll score six points for every row that has different colors in it. So you're trying to get all different colors in all the rows, which mm -hmm. is very, very, very difficult to do. Yes. Um, so yeah, Sagrada, and it's got a bunch of expansions that up the complexity of the game. And I really don't think that, like I have them, but I still haven't played with them because I yeah. don't think it actually... It's one of those <laughs> things where it's like, I've bought the expansions, but I don't think I'm ever going to play with them. Yeah. And maybe at some point in time I will, but the base game of Sagrada is so pure and awesome. A uh, lot of people can pick up on it. You just pick a dice, put it yep. on your window. I love those simple rule sets. And remember that you can't put two colors next to each other, two numbers just get next to each other. And then people are like, oh man, this decisions, <laughs> what do I pick next? Yeah. Because it's got that snake draft where if I pick first, I'm waiting. picking and I'm waiting for and hoping that another dice that I can place onto my window at some point yeah. in time. Yeah, yeah, Sagrada. That's one. That's my next one. 2017. That one came out already. Yeah, I love the the version of this that has a theme to it, which is role player. Yeah. The oh right right and I played that one once. I played yeah. that one with you. Yeah, but I mean the entry level right so if, if they love sagrada i'd say okay well here's that same mechanism in you know the next level. now if i if Baffled, i knew yeah. if i knew that they liked fantasy themes or they've played yeah. dungeons oh, and yeah, dragons yeah. before yeah. i would oh. definitely highly uh, recommend role they player dive all over that theme for sure yeah. um uh let's go through i threw the same question out onto twitter and we had a lot of people respond and also on our uh on our facebook the bridge city board gamers community page and uh, uh let's pit let's just start picking uh one at a time about uh what what people have said about this topic of entry-level games so ryan sure i'll pick i'm gonna pick i'm gonna choose nathan boaster right now because i'm actually playing a game of targi <laughs> with him asynchronously and it seems like this game's taking forever because i keep forgetting to take my turn have you talked about targi on the show before i can't go an episode without talking about targi I think you might have mentioned that once. Okay, so what does Nathan have to say? So Nathan, his little list here consists of Suro, yeah. which is fantastic. Yep, 100% agree. Uh, Six Nymphed yeah. is a great game too. Um, Scarabia, 
Scarabia. Scarabia, I think. I've never played, Scarabia. but I've, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. I have to look that one up. Ingenious, which is the not another, another not so clever title. It's actually ingenious. <laughs> and number nine. I forgot about number that nine. Tile one. Yeah, yeah. That's tile stacking game. So great list, Nathan. Cool, cool. Um, John, uh, John put down ingenious. Interesting. Oh, right? two votes. Yeah. Ticket to ride, absolutely. Suro, which Ooh, is two uh, Suro, that's that game's great. It's that whole spatial thinking thing. Frank Zoo. I haven't heard of Frank Zoo before. I, that, I'm gonna. I'm compelled to go uh, to go research it. And uh, his last one, which is a perfect segue into you picking this one up, is whatever Dan suggests. <laughs> yeah, and then Dan replied. <laughs> Dan replied, ingenious Azul. Ticket to Ride, Transamerica, Suro, Incan Gold, Quacks of Quedlinburg, which is actually on my list too. I yeah. actually had that one I was there. Quacks of Quedlinburg is fantastic. Yeah. Carcassonne, Kingdom Builder. I like how he groups them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Flashpoint, Fire Rescue. Flashpoint's a fantastic uh, cooperative game. Cool, cool. Uh, what do we have? We next, oh yeah, Friday Night Games. Uh, oh, you got to put more flair into that one. Friday Night Games. Yes. Um, I think I, uh, a little, I got some nodes now. Um, they, uh, oh, I love these two suggestions. I have, uh, it's Mysterium, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, Dixit with a theme. Uh, and Dixit, yeah. Uh, I Yeah, Dixit. I'm, I'm glad someone had that on the list because that certainly should have been on my list. Um, and yeah, without explaining it, it's uh, it's all based on on pictures and images and and uh, empathetic in, uh, interpretations of those. And mm -hmm. so yeah, th yeah, those are great. Those are great ones. And and the, what he put, it's uh, it's uh, not all not all about rolling dice. So beautiful pictures. Cool. Sweet, Ryan. Uh, Rome demands stone. At more on this later. Um, I love it. They comment on lots and they follow yeah. lots of what we do uh depends on the group but we taught stockpile to yes. friends newish to board gaming and stockpile is actually a it's actually deceptively <laughs> simple yeah and it's fun so much yeah. fun. um cardboard time uh put that probably top three space base ticket to ride and calico yay and hey, space base calico. uh you own that one that's uh that's kind of like a machikoro-esque Kind of dice yeah thing. uh so uh, so i'll bring this up too i actually don't own space base anymore it's ah, a fantastic game yeah. but um i have another game that does sit sim uh similar and we like the theme of it better which is um valeria card yes. kingdoms yes that does a very similar ish type of thing and so we have the valeria collection not cool. the space space collection right on ryan what's next Riley Stock Riley. at Nerd Out with us. Half the plug. I actually appeared on his uh, board I did a recording game community with him. show. I did a recording, so it's going to come be coming out in the next week or two. So uh, listen out for that. Riley does some amazing shows. <laughs> you guys did an hour episode in three hours. Is that what you said? I think it was something <laughs> like that. Oh my gosh, he's going to have fun editing that thing down. Uh, usually, I try and cater to the person, which yeah, I 100% agree to do. Uh, try and find a theme that they'd be interested in and build around that. Without that, though, you suggest Ticket to Ride, Rome, which I have to do some digging on. I haven't heard. Mm -hmm. Pandemic, Code Names, and one that you've told me about, yeah. Villainous. Yeah, we Villainous yeah. does seem very interesting. Yeah, I'll lend you. Uh, I'll lend you one of the expansions, and then we can do uh, we can do a live stream over the internet about it. So cool. Um, Shane, who loves games? Who's in the oh. stream tonight? Hey, he is too. Fellow Canadian, eh? Um, uh, so Shane put down, for board games, I think the Catan is a great entry-level board game. Absolutely. And there's so many classic jokes that can come out of that game. And I hate the thief. Uh, and for tabletop role-playing games, which I love, uh, I have uh, uh, regular D and D sessions that I DM uh, every week. So yay, love me my role-playing. Um, using West End Games Star Wars, that's the D6 version. That's that classic box set. I don't think I might have showed you. 
And uh, I bought, I think they released it about four years ago. They, they, and not just re-released it in new art. They just took all the same files and reprinted the whole thing. Like you open it up, it's like, smells like the 80s. Right. It's awesome. <laughs> and uh, Savage Worlds for Simplicity of Systems. I think now again, I might be might be uh, having a lot of uh, uh, hardcore RPGers kind of go, hey, you got it wrong. But I think Savage Worlds takes that idea of the D4, D6, D8, D12, D20, right? All those, you know, dice. And those are slotted into your attributes. Where if you're a big, strong guy, you're rolling a D20, but you might be rolling a D4 for intelligence right mm. on your check so um i think and that system is also used in uh in uh, kids on bikes and kids on brooms and i think it's yeah like i have both uh i have both kids on bikes kids on brooms um because just i love reading about how how people use the mechanisms in the rpgs to um uh drive the narrative yeah Absolutely. Well, I'm talking to a math teacher about narrative. <laughs> hey, X hey. equals eight. That sounds great to me. Hey, <laughs> no, narrative just... games are some of my faves. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so yeah, I, I, I went off on a little RPG. You went uh, off on a tangent there. On a tangent. Uh, let's so, hop into let's... The, uh, the, the Facebook community. Yeah. Of course, uh, good friend and fellow teacher at Parker. our building, Scott. Uh, the original ticket to ride. Fantastic. Absolutely. 100% Scott. And there's so many expansions and different maps that, that if people like that, and my wife loves ticket to ride and Sophie does too. And they're okay with just sticking with that, but pushing mm -hmm. the boundaries with the different maps. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Jason, a regular contributor on the stream, says he uh, likes ticket to ride, Splendor, Azul, Quacks of Quidlinburg, and Calico. See, I thought yep. Calico was a good one. Um, yeah, yeah. What's that? Is that a uh, is that a uh, sugar substitute on his list there? Splendor. What? Splendor. Splendor, Splendor is fantastic. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's, it's a good it's a good engine builder wrapped in a game theme kind of. So well, it's got no theme. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're yeah. yeah. Uh, Tony, Tony here. He says can't stop. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Just one. I love Again, that game. That's another favorite in the games club. Uh, King Domino. I 100% agree. King yeah. Domino's fan. Quacks of Quedlinburg. <laughs> and my favorite yeah. to play at the lake, Las Vegas. Yeah. There's, there's nothing confusing about that game and yeah. just compelling too. And cutthroat. Cool. Mm -hmm. Jonathan. Jonathan says, I tried to vary the mechanisms for each pick. Yeah, absolutely. So um, he, uh, the first one he put down is Ticket to Ride Europe. And then, because uh, I took a screenshot and it says, see more. We, oh. can't, we can't click down. So that we'll go with that one. <laughs> Ticket to Ride Europe. Awesome. <laughs> Oops on me. Uh, right. Yeah, and the same thing with Tyler. But Tyler's got three great ones off the, yeah. uh, at the very top here. Love Letter. Yes. Wavelength. I have played Wiggling. I've heard good things. I, I I used to follow the when they did the yeah, thing on, on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that's so always great. And uh, Broom Service, the card game, which is actually interesting because I really really enjoy uh, Broom Service, the mm -hmm. board game. Yeah, which is actually already card driven itself. So I'm interested to see what the card game actually has to offer. Broom Service would be another great entry level. Uh, type game it's got a little bit more complexity than say most of the games we've talked about but mm -hmm. nothing like unbearable yeah yeah cool uh hans who uh as we as the phrase goes regular contributor to the stream uh sagrada see yeah backing up on yep. that one big thumbs Pro up project l i haven't played that's that a one new yet. one that just yeah. came out i haven't picked that one up yet yeah <laughs> he has agricola um if if hmm. someone wants to play Misery Farm uh, as the first, <laughs> but you know what though, they, again with that whole everyone's mentioning is like they'll they'll pick the game according to you the know group. the the group right, and if you think that the group is intelligent enough to understand that that recipe, fine. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing confusing about it. Is here's your worker, pick something to do, 
See, right. if you're going worker placement, I may went like uh, Lords of Waterdeep, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Uh, he also has uh, Century Spice Road, Fantastic. which is Splendor with a Bitter Theme, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkled. Yeah. Uh, the Crew, which is the... All oh, right. The Crew. The only um, uh, cooperative trick-taking game that I've ever heard of. And, uh, of course, Hands. Um, I, I've never seen Hands without mentioning Terraforming Mars. But the Ares Expedition, is that that new version of, like, the tight card game? It's, it's like it's like if you took Terraforming Mars and you mashed it with Race for the Galaxy. Yeah. You get Race for Terraforming Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Terraforming the Galaxy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Well, cool. Well, and then what? I will just briefly mention, because he's not on this, but he has been in the stream tonight. Uh, Ted has yeah. been actively talking with us, and he's got some great suggestions here. He says... My son and students love Sushi Go, which yes. is a fantastic, great one. Uh, he has also here Forbidden Island, mm-hmm. he mentioned. Fantastic. We've played that one in the games yep. club quite often. Uh, and I like the one where he got here. He said, bus. If you, want, <laughs> if you want to throw them to like the wolves, baptism by fire is one of the things. It actually is a fairly straightforward, simple type game, but man, is it cutthroat on cutting people <laughs> off? And yeah, um, it's 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 so fantastic. He's got a bunch of others here. Cockroach poker. Oh coup. that that didn't make my list, but yeah, cockroach poke. That I New giggled. York Zoo. You've you've mentioned New York Zoo before. Pan mm. Am, you've mentioned before on the show. Yeah. Uh whale riders. You've mentioned uh yeah. have you mentioned that one before? Um I think we might have like brushed up on that one but yeah not carcassonne yeah ethnos that's a very interesting uh one i wouldn't have thought about that one but yeah fairly simple and then he also says startups which yes. i'm trying i want i want to find a copy of startups i hear about it so so much that's uh it's one oink, of those oink oink games. games yeah 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 cool right on well that uh that's pretty much putting nuts at our target for an hour episode i think without you know counting the minutes um and always always i get to thank an audit i get i get <laughs> i get to thank uh the people that are following us uh, uh on uh, on our youtube live stream thank you so much everybody and uh all the listeners who will be listening to the podcast version of this thank you so much for making it making it to the end of this episode and uh and as always i'm your host norm and I'm your host, Ryan. I have nothing today. I'm sorry if you were looking, if people are listening for a shtick. I have, I got nothing for tonight. No shtick caught me off guard. And we'll catch you later. This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek, Guild number 3039.